Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings. Welcome. This is the Nonprofit Exchange. I'm Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Every week, it's been seven years now, every week we interview somebody on a topic of interest to nonprofit leaders and clergy. Sometimes it happens to be stories from people working in the trenches and have been there and have something to share. Many times it's business professionals teaching us some business principles that we can use to run this tax exempt business that we uh, erroneously call a nonprofit. So today we're gonna, the topic, the topic of today's interview is a fascinating topic. It's a viral media fundraising. The sub, subtitle is Growth Hacking that's here to stay. So Pete Winters is my guest. So I'm gonna ask Pete to tell you a little bit about himself and why he's doing this. So Pete, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Thank you so much, Hugh, and it's a pleasure to be here. Very happy for the friendship that you and I have created over the last four or five months. I'm just delighted. Um, my background is I started in the world of printing as a print salesperson in New York City back in the late 80s and early 90s. And it became apparent to me in the late 90s, early 2000s that print was going to be changing. So I began what was an odyssey of diversifying into cross media. Cross media 15 years later led me to social media and having the aha moment with nonprofits, causes and foundations and social media. It was a match made in heaven, but I was also, my aha moment was why wasn't anybody doing it right? There's an opportunity to potentially go viral and most organizations were not taking advantage of it. So that's uh, my passion today. I live, eat, breathe and, and sleep uh, viral media fundraising on behalf of causes. Love it, love it. And um, Pete and I did, um, we were connected through a mutual friend and um, actually, I was connected to another mutual friend who you showed up because he couldn't be at that meeting. And then we struck up a friendship, decided there was some synergy and collaboration. And since I've known you, I've seen the value of the work and the value that you bring to many people. Um, and you. so let's just kind of focus in on some of the important things that, that we need to be telling people um, about viral fundraising. So it's it's viral media fundraising i'm not sure if i google that what i would get it's kind yeah. of a an unusual usual category so how did you get started with that and we said a little bit about it but say a little more and then the the benefits of of going viral and what does viral mean sure so let me uh, give it a definition first so so we've all seen uh, many examples of campaigns that have gone viral and and so when an organization goes viral um, it is the opportunity of a story that is growing dynamically. So there's, there's many, many more followers, many new sources of donors, and in some cases, tr tremendous amounts of funds raised. So, so when a story catches on and grows like wildfire, we refer to that as, as a viral event. And yes, we I do realize we're in the pandemic age, but it still hasn't changed the meaning of, of viral media marketing. In the fundraising community, there was certainly, there is certainly an opportunity for nonprofits to take advantage of it. But the problem is most of the time organizations treat digital media and by digital media, I mean social media, online presence, mobile marketing, the tendency is to treat digital media like traditional media. And if you're going to attempt to do something in a viral like uh, manner, let's say, um, it requires a very different set of rules to be able to do that. So um, let's talk about some of that. If you uh, want to ask me some questions in regards to that, and I can try to define that further if you'd like. Sure. Um, so that's it's kind of a mystery. We think it's um, some magic, magic bullet or magic pixie dust yeah. that we send something out, and everybody in the world is going to be interested. So, what are some of the elements that that help some posting, some video, some? Yeah. Some, something go viral. What, what's, what are some of the elements that are important? So, so this, this goes back to my aha moment. 
So I'm going to say this is probably five or six years ago, maybe seven years ago, was my cross-media portfolio and, and consulting was growing and diversifying. As I was looking at social media and nonprofits, I could see it was a match made in heaven, but most organizations were missing that chance to go viral. So, so I began to um, look into campaigns that have gone viral and try to um, describe, at least for myself at the time, what were some of the common denominators of campaigns that, that went viral. So you can look at, at four or five rubrics, if you will, four or five um, components of things that tend to be uh, parts of, of things that go viral. One is when you and I see, or when all of us uh, uh, see something that inspires us, something that compels us, something that makes us feel part of a tribe or, or part of a community. Sometimes it just might be something that makes us laugh. But more often than not, you can, you can kind of categorize all these into what I would call a humanized um, uh, attribute. When it's humanized, there's more of a tendency for it to be inspiring and compelling. So um, in order for organizations to um, move in that direction, there's a couple of, couple of components to kind of get there. So to increase the possibility of going viral, to me, would be to increase the possibility of the stories being more humanized. Now, I'm not talking about puppies and kittens. That's a good place to start if you're in the puppies and kittens business and rescue animals and all that stuff. But for most of the rest of the causes that are on uh, human services and earth services and people services, the ability to realize what your organization is doing, or if you're a board member sitting on a board, what the organization is doing to serve people. If you can begin to imagine the people that are, that are, that are on the receiving end of that service, and the gratitude that those people experience, the, the miracles that those people are on the receiving end, their expressions of emotion typically would be far greater than what we could do as founders, directors, board members, marketing communications people, development officers. So that first component, that first magic ingredient I would, I would talk about you would be changing the author. Um, changing the author in such that the person on the receiving end is, is the one who is uh, doing the storytelling. They're much more likely to be uh, compelling or inspiring. Change the author. Mm -hmm. um, you lost me there. <laughs> Say a little no more. So, so, I, middle I, here. <laughs> so, so, so changing the author. If it was um, a food bank, there's a conversation around a food bank. One of my uh, clients works in food insecurity, focused on adolescents, young kids who are of school age, who aren't getting enough nourishment, aren't getting enough nutrition. So imagine a food bank that um, is in an area where they're serving parents and children and children of school age that are getting nutrition that's helping them be less argumentative, more able to focus, more able to concentrate, able to do better with their, with their studies not being hungry, not going to bed hungry at night, a food bank could, could initiate a conversation around the gratitude that parents experience as a result of what the food bank um, is doing. If it was a anti-human trafficking organization, there's an, there's an opportunity for women who have been rescued and are going through the rehabilitation process, even if they are um, still have a long, long way to go, can be uh, participating in a conversation of I matter, or even something as, as dramatic as I'm not a mistake. And it could even be done in, a, in an anonymous way that their anonymity is protected. But for them to be able to have a conversation about, I am not a mistake after all that it was that they went through. Or uh, we could take breast cancer as, as an example and having a conversation, what gives me hope? And, and myself and all of my sisters having conversations about what gives me hope and other people can start to participate in that conversation. Um, uh, uh, siblings, spouses, sons and daughters, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, um, everybody participate in that conversation of what gives them hope in regards to their sister or mother. So changing the author is, is the people that are having the conversation, not the institution. So it's a, it's a very, subtle but dramatic shift um, in uh, what we prescribe typically for these foundations, causes, and nonprofits. So the people who have experienced the impact of the mission are the ones that are telling the story. 
Yes. Yep. And um, the same could also be said you for those who are on the serving side. So the people who are on the serving side of a food bank or people who are on the donor side that are doing something on a monthly give basis or people that have a, a pay it forward card app or phone app of some type or another where 2% of their purchases are going to a, uh, a foundation. And maybe it's only $35 a month or, or $15 a month or whatever it was. But to be able to have a conversation around um, what it feels like that I'm contributing, that I'm having social impact, that I am uh, donating in some fashion or another, um, that also is, is an example of, of changing the author that can be invaluable. And it's got some pretty good examples of humor that we can talk about too if, there, if there's time. Well, let's do that now. We need, okay. we need in, in troubled times, we need some humor. Okay, so, so I have um, a client north of the border in Canada. Um, one of the organizations that they work with is the Professional Bull Riders Association of Canada. So he's asked to do some preliminary work. This isn't live just yet, but it's, but it's in the making. And as I was looking through um, all of the social media, all the existing digital posts for this Professional Bull Riding Association, um, one of the images that caught me was this, I'm, I'm, I'm making up the number, a 3,000 pound bull. It was more than 2,000, the thing was gigantic. And it was just about to chuck a bull rider off its back. And the, and the back legs of the bull are up in the air, probably seven feet in the air. And the head of the bull is down around the mud and his horns, whatever. And the bull rider is about to go flying off. And as I'm looking through the professional bull riders organization and see there's a number of bulls who are part of this association, who are like all-stars, like baseball player, all-stars, or basketball, whatever it would be. There are bulls that are all-stars too. And there's an opportunity. They have hundreds of thousands of raving fans, like, uh, like WrestleMania fans, like NASCAR fans, the bull riding fans are rabid fans. And there absolutely could be a conversation around if this bull could talk. And just having a conversation, you know, if this bull could talk and then then have the fans fill in the answer to that to that conversation. So there's lots of different examples of things that that are humorous. Um, I have a client who's in the homemade stationary business. It's a husband and wife team. They're in the Asheville section, North Carolina, not too far from you, are you? And um, they are a, they're a wonderful couple. And they talk about um, uh, pulling their hair out and the trials and tribulations of creating from scratch and doing all the fulfillment um, that they do and hand making these things by hand. And we're setting them up with GoPro cameras. And if you can imagine like the Ozzy Osbourne show, the half hour reality show that was way, way, way back when reality shows were first going into people's living rooms, you could have this in their den, in their manufacturing area, in their fulfillment space. They're such a cool eclectic couple and we're putting GoPros in their shop and then having someone mash up the videos and just further stimulate what's a really cool story about this husband and wife couple. So there's a, there's a variety of different ways of doing it. Notice I don't say or don't mention, you know, saving lives one mind at a time. We've, we've seen that, we've heard that, we feel that again and again and again. Suppose it was, if you change the author um, for uh, take a suicide prevention organization, for example, and change the author and that organization were to start a conversation around the notion of one good day. Now think of all the people around the world, the, the, the hundreds of millions of people that are experiencing isolation today at levels never before. And for some people, each day is a struggle. And to be able to have a conversation around one good day and let the worldwide community contribute to that conversation is an example of another example of changing the author. So it could be serious, it could be humorous, it could be just, just grabbing at the heartstrings, but uh, it generally comes down to those four or five rubrics that I mentioned before that humanizes that content, if you will. It, it really does. <clears throat> and um, some of the underlying leadership principles, which you're not talking about, but which are revealed in the strategies you're talking about, is many of us feel like we're running this organization, we're the leader, we need to have all the right answers. So we see ourselves telling the story, because that's what we do. Yeah. And what you're doing is turning that paradigm around. 
turn that paradigm around. So it's it's getting out of our our boss mode. I've got to know all the answers. I got to do it all, yeah. and enabling other people to share their passion. And in this particular instance, um, not only share the passion from their perspective about what happened, but then be able to participate in sharing that story with others. So I think there's a that that's an interesting picture behind you. Are you going to tell us about it at some time? Yeah, sure. It's like I could duck out of the way for a minute. So when I was um, uh, thinking about launching viral media fundraising as a full-time pursuit, um, this was an image that I had come across as, but it really expresses the notion of, of one person telling their story that becomes three people that becomes, you know, the old, what was it, uh, some shampoo commercial. I told two friends and they told two friends and they told two friends. If I could get my inverse correct, you know, one person becoming many, many people that are contributing in that story. So the the essence of virility is what we're showing on the chalkboard. No, it's not my hand. It's just the image that, that it came with. <laughs> Big hand. So yes. it's it's how like, like mine. <laughs> in that respect, it's <laughs> it's real. <laughs> so it it's it's about being very intentional. This is a a part of an overall communication strategy, which we don't get much effort or much thought to. And if we really sat down with any segment of, of our culture, our board, our volunteers, the clients we serve, the, the people we serve, if we sat down and had a conversation about, can you define the results in quantifiable terms? Yeah. I bet you, I'll bet you, we would learn some things. I started um, leadership coaching and organizational development work uh, about 32 years ago. And the first people that hired me were really smart because they figured out what I did because I didn't know how to tell them. Yeah. But after a while, I decided, hmm, I don't know how to tell people. So I'm going to interview people about what the results were. So I, I now recommend, uh, no matter where people are in business or nonprofit or clergy, to talk to people that they serve and get a perspective from them. So this is not entirely a foreign concept we're and actually in doing this we're going to learn things that that we don't know about what we what we ourselves are doing yeah it was um i was given a assignment um in preparation for for a meeting with the client and it was a melanoma organization and it was melanoma awareness melanoma treatment melanoma prevention and I'm scratching my head, I'm dreading the assignment because I'm thinking to myself, where am I gonna come up with something that has anything to do with virility as relates to melanoma? So I, I approached it like a term paper at the 11th hour and said, I've got to bear down, I've got to find something here. And as I started to go through um, all of what I could find on that particular organization, all of a sudden the results uh, unveiled themselves to me. So, so I could see that they did 5K walks and I saw an image of a mother with a two-year-old son on her back. And he was riding, you know, piggyback up here on the mom's shoulders. And the kid said, I walk for my dad. And I thought to myself, boy, you know, there's a two-year-old and he looks at his dad like a superhero. And the notion uh, like started to dawn on me this concept of even, even heroes get melanoma. And so if you think about that, it doesn't have to be a two-year-old. It can be the spouse or a, a adolescent son or daughter or a neighbor or a brother or sister or parent to look at their child and describe them as a hero and everybody participating in that conversation. But the results kept pouring out because I saw another example of a couple that was, they were, they were back was turned to the camera and the man had his arm around the woman. They both had baseball caps on, she was bald so it looked like she had gone through chemotherapy and they both had on black t-shirts, black jeans, and they were looking at some water and the water actually happened to have like a black reflection. So it was a really beautiful picture, but looking at them from behind in this stillness, you could see in this couple, the fact that they were grateful for life. As a result of what the melanoma organization had done to contribute without you know the, the old phrase of pictures worth a thousand words. You could see in the picture the gratitude that these people experienced. And I give you one more example from the same organization. They had um, a model applying some sunscreen on her face, and so that that um, 
gave me the idea about, you know, did I miss a spot? And just being really stupid and facetious with, with suntan lotion, like covering my entire face with it and not really rubbing it all in and saying, did I miss a spot? And obviously I've missed like eight spots or, you know, I missed a spot on the back. Did I get everywhere? I can't reach that spot. But when you look at the results of these organizations, their, their own stories unveil or reveal the opportunities that exist. As long as they're willing to innovate, as long as they're willing to, to put on a different set of glasses, like you said, take the leadership lens off and really ideate on these miracles that these organizations are producing. From the miracles comes the inspiring, compelling, tribal-like stories that we so enjoy. Wow. So you spoke about humanizing the story by changing the author, having the person who's received the value or been there delivering the value or being a part of that process um, actually create the story and not you, but that's, that's humanizing the story. Mm-hmm. So the, the secret in viral and excuse me, in social media um, connecting is building relationships with people. So how do you create the relationship factor and, and how does that play into things going viral? Um, so I'm, I'm gonna ask you to um, frame that question again. I'm gonna give you a response here and, and then we'll talk about framing the relationship. I wanna point out um, an example of, of a platform that had gone viral and then we can talk, we can weave that relationship question into it. There was an Instagram site that was developed um, a long time ago at the early ages of, of Instagram and the site was called Humans of New York. And I remember in my earliest days of, of smartphone or early days of Instagram, at least it was for me, um, looking at this Humans of New York site, my daughter had turned me on to it. And um, I remember time and time again, uh, this person would go around New York City with a smartphone camera and take pictures of people on park benches. And the tendency, in my mind at least, was this person was taking pictures of people that were long lost souls. And it seemed to me also that the camera person was asking these people typically um, something about their parents, something about a lost love, something about siblings, something about a regret that they had in life. Now, many of these people, as it turned out, when you read their snippets of stories were long lost souls. They They had a sibling the only living person on, in the world that was related to them, that they had a, a relative of, was one sibling, but they haven't talked to that person for 27 years. Or when they express a love that they had, a love that they lost and the regret. And you would see these stories over and over and over and over again. And for me, without intending to do so, and if, and if it was intentional, it was a stroke of genius. Um, that that camera person was building relationship because he or she kept on showing authenticity of people. And the people that you were you were viewing that you were seeing, there was um, any kind of um, voyeuristic sense that you might have, any kind of mortality, sense of mortality you have, any kind of relationship sense that you might have, any kind of, of love and inspiration sense that you might have, you could see yourself in different pockets of all of these stories. So, so I think in this Humans of New York uh, uh, platform, they did an amazing job of building relationship and they didn't have an ulterior motive. They were not going after fundraising. They were not a tagline off of a foundation. They were just uh, building relationship for the sake of building relationship. Um, another example of that, you is remember years ago when I was first uh, getting into social media coaching for nonprofits. Back in 2008, Randy Posh, the Carnegie Mellon professor who had stage four cancer and had several months to live, was delivering his last lecture at Carnegie Mellon. And they had started a series called The Last Lecture. It went on to become a national bestseller. He was interviewed on on Oprah Winfrey and a marvelous person, gifted intellect and great physical condition. He was doing one-arm push-ups while he's telling the audience that was packed this, you know, this is uh, 
his class auditorium style packed to the gills with people and said, I have two months to live, but I can probably do more one-handed push-ups than most of you. But the reason I'm, I'm talking about the building relationship, that got 20 million YouTube hits back in 2008 for a non-celebrity at that, that time frame, 2008, 20 million hits would be the equivalent of you know, 200 million hits or 500 million hits in three days now for, for, for a celebrity, let's say. Um, but what you, what you got from this, why so many people um, uh, gravitated to this is you really got to see that, that level of, of mortality. Um, so, so I'm gonna give you one more example and then we can talk about trying to do it on purpose, okay? There was, um, and I say about two years ago, in a, in a um, urban uh, area of Dallas in a public school system, once a month they had breakfast with dads. And the school administrators noticed every month about 20%, 25% of the kid population would show up to these breakfast with dads program without a dad. And whether he wasn't available or he was working a job or he was somewhere else, um, the school called for, we need 50 dad volunteers to be surrogate dads for these kids who were missing dads on, on the breakfast. They needed 50 volunteers and 650 guys showed up to volunteer for those 50 slots. So, so my answer to you is, um, I don't think that relationship is built on purpose. I think by the very nature of the word, relationship is. And, and I don't mean to be um, esoteric or, or um, evasive, but it is. So, so in building relationship on purpose, you, you know, there's the common phrase, the it factor, if you will. Relationship, it's, it's, let's call it an is factor. And if there's something there, um, it, 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 if that can be produced and distributed in such a way that it is, it's gonna build relationship of itself. And that really is the essence of, of going viral. So I, I go back to um, human trafficking. I have, I have two uh, or wonderfully gifted, blessed people and, and organizations I'm dealing with in, in human trafficking, which, which for me, and I'm speaking only for myself, I have heard the word human trafficking for 20 years. And I've heard it so often that for me, call me obtuse or ignorant. But for me, when I've heard the word human trafficking, I've heard it so often, it's gone in one ear and out the other. And, and so what I'm doing with these two organizations is I'm trying to tap into the essence of it is. These are people. Some of them, not a very high percentage, but some of them have been rescued. And they have, these are amazing lives, amazing souls that are saved and, and they're people and there's something there. So for each of these organizations, it's you, it's a, it's a very delicate answer to building relationship. I can tell you it is, these are people. Some of them have been rescued. Some of them are being rehabilitated. Some of them have a, have a story to share. All of them have a story, whether it's shareable or not, and it can be done in, in an anonymous way. So, so that's my answer. Um, it's, 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 I'm almost feeling spiritual in answering relationship is. You can't, you can't contrive it. That's, that's my answer. I agree. I yeah. agree. There's, um, there's another aspect to that. I'd, I'd like to, all of that, we're on the same page. And yeah. there's relationship uh, everywhere. Uh, the underpinning of leadership is relationship. You know, we, we can lead people if we've spent time getting to know them and being in a relationship. We're going to receive money from people if they trust us, they know us, and we've spent time building relationship. So there's, there's intellectual capital, um, mental capital, and there's financial capital. But the bridge to that is relationship capital. Mm -hmm. So that, let's, let's explore another piece of relationship, which is um, you and I are on LinkedIn. And I'm sure you got a whole lot of people that hit on you that mm -hmm. say, hey, I can do a new website for you. Well, mm -hmm. I don't need a new website. And by the way, who are you? 
for, hey, I can build, I get a lot of this. Uh, let's rebuild your website. Let's, let's yeah. do SEO. I can build traffic for you. All this stuff, which I don't need. Yeah. But people, uh, they don't know me. I don't know them. So it's ludicrous for me to think that they, they could believe I would hire them without even knowing anything about them. So the relationship piece here is how do we connect with people? And my posture on social media is it's not for posting. It's for having conversations about things that matter. Yeah. So how do we build enough relationship with people, no matter how we connect with them, it might be LinkedIn, it might be many other ways. How do we build relationships so they'll actually look at what we want to share? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm going to give you a, a, an opinion on um, building relationships. So I'm going to talk about the one, building a relationship of one. And then we'll go back to building relationships of, of viral and doing it as, on a communal basis. So if someone was serious about marketing on LinkedIn and they were to reach out to say, hey, Pete, I, you know, I, I see your connections. We've got a lot in common. I think we should connect. Let's explore the opportunities and then say the same thing to you and to, to 100 other people. I think that in, in building relationships, it would be better for that person to take the time that they take to reach out to 100 people and research and investigate one person to 100 times, if you will, that one person to reach out to then say, Hugh, I happen to notice that you at one point in your career were an orchestra conductor and that you've done a lot in the church community. And I see that you, you, you matriculated that into professional coaching and you really have like a deep dive modular sense of, of how you bring this about. And it, it kind of, I just couldn't help notice the symmetry between conducting an orchestra of people to now conducting organizations, if you will. I'm really intrigued about, you know, how you took that from that uh, part of your life into what you're presently doing. If I were to, to spend and invest the time into knowing one person and reaching out to that, that one person a hundred times what I would have invested if I just sent you my trite, hey, I noticed we both have the same uh, connections. I think a person would do much, much better on LinkedIn reaching out to, to one person if they took the time to investigate that person. As relates to uh, doing this on, on a viral basis, what, um, what has worked for me with organizations is similarly working on that organization till my brain hurts. Um, tr trying to look at every single aspect of that organization and building like uh, a whiteboard exercise, a mind mapping exercise of you know, all of the possibilities uh, that might come along to start to get, here's, we've got 15 ideas it took 20 or 30 or 40 hours just to get to these 15 ideas, these two or three seem like they, they could see the light of day. Similarly to what I was talking about, invest all of your time in one person on LinkedIn and your chances are much better than spreading it to 100. If an organization were to really do a deep dive into who they serve and, and the outcomes that those people receive, I think they have a much better job a, a much better opportunity of launching a conversation that has the possibility of going viral. So, so deep, deep self-reflection. It's very good. I've gone off script and asked you some rogue questions here and you're doing great. <laughs> you're just stepping right into it. Uh, so we have, uh, this is the nonprofit exchange. If you've come by on Facebook, we're talking with Pete Winters and you'll see in the background uh, in Pete's uh, email, Pete at viral what is it pete viral media fundraising.com viral media fundraising.com that's also his website so he's not secretive about his email because it's right in his his background there so we we're talking about um how to connect fundraising with and viral marketing how those two serve each other so peter i'll take a second and, and do a, a sponsor moment here um, one of our sponsors is for the nonprofit exchange and other programs we do is our partner, Easy Card. Easy Card is a, like an app, but you don't download an app. You just send a text and I'm going to give you the number. You send a text to 64600 
six four six zero zero it's five digits yeah it's not a phone number and then in the message you put in three letters l d r lowercase uppercase doesn't matter you put in l d r very truncated word leadership l d r so you send it and back comes a link you touch on the link and you get what you see here if you're listening uh, on a podcast you can go to our website and see this it's um it's a it's it's center vision in the palm of your hand you see everything we're doing so it's about center vision it's the forum discussions where we talk about the topics um our leadership podcast here is the nonprofit exchange what we're doing today if you look right here uh viral media fundraising and you look on the website there's our video of what we're doing so you're looking at me looking at the app looking at me so on this card you can save it you can share it with people and at the bottom you can have an easy card for your nonprofit. and this is important this is how you maintain relationship with your donors with your board with your volunteers and you can have an, an easy card for each segment and when they text and they're in there you can send them a text message hey remember we're having a meeting tomorrow at two o'clock here's the location we're so busy and we get so many emails we don't look at them all or we don't look at them all right now, but we're going to open the text and we're going to look at it right away. So it's an engagement tool for your board, for your tribe, and you can use it in multiple ways and they can, you can have the meeting times on here and here's our feed on, on Facebook. And there it is right there on Facebook. We're, we're broadcasting live on Facebook. So everything you need to know about center vision is right here. So get your own easy card by getting the center vision, easy card, six four six zero zero is the number and you put in l d r in the message so pete this is this is quite helpful so um we're, we're exploring the relationship part of this because it's like the art of war and you you just talked a little bit about knowing the people you know your enemy you want to know who people are before you even approach a conversation because I just talked to you about people who want to want to hit me up to buy something and they don't even know anything about me or if I even need that. Mm -hmm. So people are more prone to look at what I send them if we've had a conversation and we can establish that we even have some things in common. Do you want to say any more about that and give maybe give us some more examples of some really good viral campaigns? Sure, I, I'll tell you um, one that uh, it was a little bit of an experiment accident that went uh, that went viral the client who um, produces uh, calendars and the proceeds from the sale of the calendars goes to various nonprofits I'm guessing the calendar uh, a wall calendar regular month wall calendar and it retails for about uh, $35 at Staples here in the US you can get the same kind of a calendar for five or ten bucks or what have you but their sells for 35 and a lot of it goes to um, the, the proceeds go to the nonprofits they support. And they've been doing this for about seven years. So they've got their act together in terms of marketing these calendars. And they keep track of a um, what's called return on advertising spend. Mm -hmm. And so for every dollar that they invest in Facebook advertising, they expect to get a 3x return. That's what their numbers have told them over the years. When they um, change the angle of the conversation, when they change the narrative, which is, a, which is the second ingredient that we could be talking about you. Um, when they change the narrative, it began to focus on the outcomes that these organizations, these nonprofits, excuse me, these foundations were achieving. They went from a three times return on advertising spend to 35X, 35 times return on advertising spend, which is an astronomical uh, shift in, in moving the needle. So for every dollar they spent on Facebook, they were getting $35 in commerce as a result of it. And that's a rather um, extraordinary example. Um, going back uh, a little ways, I did some work with a, a good business friend of mine for Special Olympics in New York City, the New York chapter of Special Olympics. And I had attended an event on a Saturday. It was the uh, Special Olympics for that region. It was a track and field event they do things in the field house or gymnasium, things on the 400 meter track and everything else. And I was blown away by the accomplishments of these Special Olympians, uh, someone running 400 meters. And at the end, you could see the look of accomplishment and then the face going back into like, an, like a Asperger's mode 
shyness, if you will, but that instant recognition of that having accomplished a 400 meter run or someone bench pressing 135 pounds, which isn't necessarily a lot, but jumping off the bench like they'd won the gold medal in the Olympics. Um, and there was just so many different examples uh, of, of achievement at, at like incredible feats of accomplishment uh, for these Special Olympians that we began to have them um, change the focus of the camera, if you will, on the accomplishments. Well, that resulted in a nine times increase in funds raised for that chapter. And they practiced that on a going forward basis today, much more emphasis on the outcomes as opposed to the story of what Special Olympics does. So there's um, um, many other uh, examples of that. I've, I've done it myself, Hugh, by accident on purpose. Um, in responding to a LinkedIn thread, uh, the way that I responded, um, I was intentionally sheepish, sheepish when I said, I know the answer to that question. I actually have a cross-media marketing blueprint. If you want to have one, let me know what you think. Now I knew I, I had the goods and I knew it was valid, but I wanted to position it in such a way that the person who was on the receiving end, this was a, a college administrator in enrollment, admissions enrollment that was looking for a cross-media blueprint. The way that I answered the question with a little shift of, of angle of the conversation, that was a thread that continued for two and a half months on one of LinkedIn's largest groups. So it's, um, I've done it with branding, just, just naming a brand, giving the, the, the printing industry uh, the, a brand name of marketing services. And that was a name that caught on uh, worldwide as printers were beginning to morph back in the early uh, 2000s. So this, there's quite a few examples of, of where this occurs time and again. So we're coming to our last 15 minutes and I wanna dig in a couple of these things that you've mentioned. So um, we've mentioned some of the ingredients for going viral. So give us a summary list. What are the key ingredients for going viral? So um, uh, I'm, I'm going to answer that um, in, in two ways. Um, the, the, the two key ingredients are, one is um, that organizations really need to focus on what are their opportunities to change the author. The second is, um, is how they might change the angle of the narrative, change the angle of the conversation. A very subtle shift in the way that something is saying takes it from like it sounds like marketing, feels like marketing, reads like marketing, hits my brain like marketing to, hmm, that's thought provoking. So, so change in the author, change in the angle of the conversation, those would be um, two uh, uh, ingredients I would start with. There's a third, which is don't start with the platform. Don't start with the media type. Leave the media type and method for last. Think about the miracles that, that you're producing and the outcomes, these everyday things that these organizations do, and imagine the gratitude that the recipients are, are experiencing. That begins to ideate the changing of the author, if you will. So we're attracting people, and there's a triage here. We want time, talent, and money. <coughs> and, and so the pitch is similar for time, talent, and money. So we'll, you know, we want people to do all three, ideally, not just give us money, say good luck, but, you know, here's some money. How can I be helpful? So, um, You've mentioned in the past uh, IQ, but I don't think it's exactly what we normally associate IQ with, is it? No, no, it isn't. And it's a good, uh, a good follow-up to the previous question of what are the, what are the, some of the uh, magic ingredients. So IQ, I discovered this a long time ago. IQ is innovation quotient. Ooh. When I was talking to uh, nonprofits, this is 2021, let's say, 2014, 2015, any notion of treating digital media differently than the fundraising methods of the past invariably had run up against a brick wall. And so I really had to start to begin looking at um, where are these nonprofits, foundations, and causes that are more likely to innovate. And then that led me to board members and um, a older uh, uh, aged board member community tending to be innovation averse and risk averse, if you will. So innovation quotient, if you are an organization that wants to 
um, evolve and, and maneuver digital messaging to the way that we expect to have our digital messaging today, it's going to require you to, to think newly and, and act differently. And it would behoove you to know that your board has an acceptable IQ, an acceptable level of innovation quotient to move in that direction. You, I would tell you, and I, I know you would, your head would nod, if I said to you on average, if you looked at a dozen board members and you'd say on average uh, from a dozen board members, two or three of them might have that IQ that I'm referring to out of 12, that would be about the ratio. With the exception of a younger organization with a younger board um, that would certainly tend to skew much higher in the IQ scale. So risk aversion, low innovation quotients, those are the death knolls for, for causes that are trying to evolve. Uh, we're recording this uh, episode in early 2015 in Jan 2012. Where did that come from? January 2021. Yeah, yeah. 2021. Get yeah. the right numbers. Back to my old age and mental condition. So um, um, we're in the, we're in um, still in the pandemic here, and it's very uncertain times. Right. So um, we're talking about innovation, and actually we've been pressed against the wall, Pete. And I think some people who were risk averse and not innovative have been put into a new place that it's now a requirement to be innovative because we've really got to think out of the old proverbial box and you know even though you're not innovative it's time to get that that tool and, and see if we can't come together and you've put it to the board which is so appropriate to what we teach in, in center vision yeah. we don't do it all the the board are partners in creation and when they're partners of creation, they're going to be partners in implementation. Yeah. Am I getting it? Am I getting the message? hundred percent. There is a, there is a tremendous opportunity for board members to actually be participating in organizations going viral because board members tend to, by nature, tend to have spheres of influence. It could be with the employee community, it could be with their affluent neighbors. It could be just uh, where they stand in the community. The fact that people tend to, uh, follow or participate um, with that board member. So for a board member or members to hop on board to participate in the evolution of the organization can have a tremendous impact. Imagine um, instructing a board member's handlers into what the handlers should do. By the way, that could be code word for the grandchildren instruct a board member, tell the grandkids to do this. They told me to get this TikTok app. Can you tell me what to do with it and have the 11 or 12 year old guide you? So that being extreme, but not too far. You know? And we're seeing a lot more millennials on boards these days and they are, you know, the, the, the smartphone's an appendage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's great. Um, so, You've got your email up here, Pete at viralmediamarketing.com, and that's your website. So um, there's an assess. Did I see an assessment on that website? And there is. And at viral media fundraising, um, viral media markets for my private sector uh, uh, clients, but viral media fundraising, yes, there is an assessment um, on the website, and it's actually a good way to conclude. I know we're running short on, on time. But I can, I can distill the assessment down to two points. If you went to the site and filled out the form, I'd, I'd receive a notice from you. Um, it'd probably take you two to five minutes to conclude. So if you got two to five minutes of, of self-reflection time, uh, go to viralmediafundraising.com and you'll see it. But I can, I can distill assessing. If you were going to self-assess your ability to potentially go viral, it comes down to um, two things. Number one, um, who is on the receiving end of the benefits of the services that you deliver? Services you deliver, who receives the benefits? Number one. And number two, what might they say? So if you think about who's receiving the benefits and what might they say, I think you're going to intrinsically begin to know the answer. Wow, if they were, if they were talking, about what it is that they're deriving as a result of the relationship with our cause. I think you reach that is factor. I was so esoterically referring to before about relationships you. If you think about, wow, that really is a powerful thought. I'm so busy running my organization every day. 
I never really gave voice to that person's gratitude. There really is something there. I'll give you one last example of that. If you've ever experienced, if anybody has ever experienced in-home hospice services, if you've had a loved one who is going to be um, passing away at home in those final two weeks or in those final three days and a hospice uh, uh, community members come in to be with your loved one during that time, there's a conversation to be had. That conversation for the hospice community is angels among us. Now you don't have to do a lot of conjuring, a lot of imagination to think about angels among us. You'll know if you've ever experienced a hospice uh, support mechanism in your own home at some point in your life. So that's, that's a great analogy. Um, we got a question. You willing to entertain a question? Absolutely. So Burke Franklin, open your mic. I see you put one in the chat, but I'll let you ask personally. We got about three minutes for questions. So how about asking Burke Franklin, uh, ask your question. Yeah, hi, Pete. Um, hey, Burke, how are you? Good, good. I was just thinking, you know, you're talking about the whole story about uh, fun as I, as I paraphrase it, I guess, is that we're, to be viral, one must you know, really feature our customers, our customers' stories, and have that relatable to people so everybody can relate to that. On the flip side of that, I, you know, maybe I'm being cynical of our people have maybe I've heard this saying, you know, well, these testimonials are fake. And I've been on some websites and look, the testimonials are a little too good to be true. And of course, I, all of my testimonials are, are actual from the old days when people send in postcards and they send in emails and now so they're all authentic. I can't even make them up. They're better than that. But how do we, how do we make up, you really prove, or I guess the idea is how do you, how do you really have a, an authentic testimonial authentic story what are the ingredients of an authentic testimony that really is for real and that would be inspiring to people yeah it's a, it's it's such a great question Burke and I really appreciate it um so testimonials is so I need to say this with with a caveat um what I'm saying is not absolute but but there's truism relating to digital media testimonies is the old media version of a, a point of reference. Testimonies tends to be branding. Testimony tends to be about the organization, if you will. It's someone uh, talking about, about you or the organization. What I'm talking about and going viral is how do we develop a conversation or a movement where they are talking amongst themselves? So there's a big difference. I could be talking about myself to people that I want to donate. I could be having people talk about me that I want other people to donate because of what they're saying from testimonial perspective. What I'm referring to here is them talking amongst themselves, having a conversation that perpetuates of its own volition. You happen to be the one that was part of participating in the instigation of that conversation, in the management of that conversation, in the ownership of the platforms of which that conversation was occurring, but you're stepping aside and letting them have the conversations amongst themselves. So testimonies, the way that we have done it is applying old media tactics to new media, and that's a no-no. So it's it's a very different, such a great question and an awesome way to, to capture a key point. Let them talk amongst themselves, step away and let them have the conversation. That's the essence of going viral. So I presume we would use the, the medium of social media to enable that, because I don't have a place on my website that says, hey, talk to, talk to this guy. He just told me how great it was. Yeah. Yeah, th th right. there, was, there would be platforms, apps. It could be mobile uh, messaging, uh, you name it. Any number of, of formats, digital invariably is gonna be somewhere in that mix, yes. But, but not you about yourself, not others about you, them amongst themselves. That's the, that okay. the I'm looking for. Thank you, Burke. That's that's so helpful. Burke's always got really, really good questions. So um, we're going to be doing the wind down here. And uh, so Pete, um, you mentioned clients several times here. And uh, by the way, um, our next episode next week is going to be about trafficking. And uh, our guest will be Mitzi Perdue whom you introduced me to and Mitzi's got a passionate story about that uh, so be sure to, to be on the list for next week 
So um, you mentioned clients and um, what is your role in helping people? They do an assessment. It looks like it's a good candidate. So what is it that you actually do? What's your role in, in serving people? This, uh, thank you for asking. There, there are two things I do. One is um, the typically phase one is findings and recommendations. So the findings is, is going and researching and making recommendations on what it is that they can do. And they can take the ball and run with it from there, carry it across the goal line. So findings and recommendations, typically that is uh, a two month process. Maybe it's a month, uh, but somewhere in one to two months of back and forth where I'm investigating, uh, validating, and then coming up with some formulas or suggestions on what they could do. The other thing that I do with um, organizations is I, is I often walk the journey with them. And so that other phase would be implementation services. So getting conversations off the ground where we're doing a soft launch, where we're testing that conversation, where we're gauging the feedback, modifying or tweaking that conversation or imagery or phraseology ever so slightly, and then doing a more expanded, like let's say global launch. Um, so findings and recommendations is that first part, coaching them in that, in that direction. And then two, holding their hands as they really move into live implementation. Usually their staff is doing that, um, that outbound where I'm providing a coaching or guiding role, like as if I'm riding shotgun seat in the car. Yeah, you obviously bring a whole lot of value to the conversation and a whole lot of awareness of things I never thought of. And I've been doing this for quite a while. You can see by my gray hair. So we're gonna do another sponsor moment. Then I'm gonna throw it back to you for a, a closing comment, a closing thought, or maybe a challenge. So I want to talk about our, this is our print media, Pete, but, but it's also it's also digital. Uh, perf, uh, Nonprofit Performance 360 Magazine. You can find it at nonprofitperformance.org, nonprofitperformance.org. And this is, this is my friend, Frank Shankowitz, founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, so our, our sponsor is our printer, but he's also our, our tribe connector. Word Sprint, Word Sprint, you see. So Word Sprint's been, been doing mail mail. So we mail the magazine in a package with a message for the recipient in there. So sponsor can carry their message directly to the, the targeted audience that we have. So for you who have a tribe of donors and supporters, you wanna make sure you have consistency of message, 30% to the right person, 30% and the rhythm. So that's the right message to the right person and the right rhythm. So you want to have something in their hands, backed up by email, offered in print and digitally. It's your connection to people telling them what you're doing with their money so that when you come around to the, the fundraising pitch, they're fully in, in, involved in it. And so it's relationship building of the highest order. They're going to continue donating and spread the message to others. Wordsprint.com. Bill Gilmer and his team will help you figure out how to stay in touch with your tribe. So Pete, what do you, this is great. A lot of good implementable stuff today. What do you want to leave people with? Um, the providence of you showing Frank Shankowitz on the front cover. I met Frank at a C-Suite Network Hero Club event in New York City and went up and shook his hand and said, Frank, my brother, claims to this day that his son, my nephew and godson, who has since passed away of muscular dystrophy, feels that he has one of the greatest make-a-wishes of all time. Frank was the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation. My nephew and godson, Tyler, who passed away, was the recipient of a make-a-wish where he got to participate in the Atlanta Olympics NBA All-Star Dream Team. And this was the dream team of dream teams. And they all took him under his, his belt and carried him around everywhere. Uh, they went for the week that they were there and they went away with the gold medal. And I went up and I said to Frank, Frank, I can't do enough for you if there's an opportunity to pay it forward. And he pointed to me to one of his, uh, uh, one of his many, many uh, uh, partners. This was with uh, Broadway Hearts and I got a chance to work a little bit with some people there before the pandemic. But my closing comment is it, it's so providential that when I, you show Frank on the front cover that I went up and I said to him, Frank, anything I can do to support you. And I would say that to anybody that listens to this, if you happen to listen, come across this six months from now, if there's something that I can do to support you, send, send me an email, uh, shoot me a text. I'm sure my number's on, on the website. 
if I can help you, I will. If I can give you some pointers, I will. I'm, I'm really here because I feel compelled to serve. I really feel compelled to support organizations. I was born with and raised with a lot of, of gifts, and it's my time to pay it forward. Pete Winters from viralmediafundraising.com. Pete, thank you so much for being our guest today and giving us great information. You, My pleasure always. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.